Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a Rocky Star Podcast. This is your host, Brian Argot. Thank you guys all for tuning in to the show. Today on the podcast, I have a, my good pal, Rohan Gupta. He's the investment partner of Good Life HP. He's also the managing director and CEO of CFO Companies. How are you doing today, Rohan? I'm good, man. Uh, yeah, I'm a managing partner. Actually, we are more of like a just like a principal slash partner at Good Life Housing Partners. And uh, I'm still managing director at GFO Companies, which is a family office. And uh, I'm also uh, a founding partner at Stuho, which is a student housing company based around USC in Los Angeles. Yeah, no, I was just going to get to I was going to get to that. But let's uh, kind of pick it from there. Uh, tell us tell us uh, about about that and uh, what you do about Stuho. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, Stuho was the first company, a partner of mine, Paris Buckland, I started. Uh, this was back in 2002. We both graduated from USC. And we were, like, at the crossroads of our lives. Paris was supposed to become a doctor. He definitely didn't want to. I was supposed to be a tech guy. I realized I was probably more the look of a tech guy, an Indian guy that could speak some tech type stuff, but I was like not really great at it. Um, I was not going to be some coder or anything. Knowing you now, there's no way I would have ever thought you would have been a tech guy. <laughs> well, I was like the business side of things. I could like speak all the lingo and jargon. And that, that, I could talk relatively well about it. That's what I take you as. I mean, man, you're a, you're an ex, yeah. you are excellent at talking to people and think kind of getting along with just yeah. about everybody. So it's you're too kind, me. man. You're too kind. Yeah. You're too kind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was, I was that guy, and I was able to do it for a while, and actually did some cool gigs while in college. But I quickly realized that, like, I was either going to make some, like, uh, I, I was going to make like a really great jump to something cool, or I was going to have to figure out something else. And uh, something else actually looked far more appealing. That's how we created Stuho Student Housing. Oh, well, no, that, that's crazy. Especially get, getting into that whole student housing space that is a, a next level notch. Cause, uh... Well, it, I think at the time we were like, so we were in our, you know, early twenties, we had no idea kind of like how to navigate it. We had a handful of people that, you know, were doing it. Um, you know, my, my dad had done, more residential and, and some commercial real estate. Paris's uh, family had done some more in the hotel space. And so we had some basic things just kind of being around um, older people in our family, but we really, nobody really done student housing. And I think even we were not really sure how to do it. Oh, wow. So you guys kind of, did you guys kind of like stumble into it or? Yeah, stumble is a great word. We, uh, we definitely stumbled a lot. And what we, what we ended up doing was, you know, USC, around 2000 was a really different place than today. And, and, you know, it's still a very gentrifying neighborhood, but back then you, you had a, a decade of really difficult times in Los Angeles. Right. So if we rewind back, you know, you had the, the, you had, um, the riots, you had the Northridge earthquake, you had defense shut down in Los Angeles and really moved to other places. You had real slowdowns economically and Los Angeles really kind of bombed out. And at the same time, USC was actually kind of trying to go the other way. And, and this is not like we didn't have any grand knowledge of this, but they were trying to become what had historically been a commuter campus for like rich kids was trying to become like a residential campus for like really bright kids. And this was like sort of their grander plan. So they had planned to like make some housing and really uh, attract students to live there and not live in Hollywood or at the beaches or something right, like that. Right. Okay. Oh wow, that, that was really uh, uh, 
to the next leap for that area because um as of me and my uh, <laughs> me and my girlfriend we're looking to buy kind of in that area we're we're looking, yeah. looking at a place there and it's like where it's maybe two blocks from the whole usc and it's like and all yeah. that it's like i mean that whole area is very nice so i can imagine probably what it was like 20 25 years ago it's probably not a place where 20 25 years ago i think you 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 guys will be just fine there if you find a place i mean 20 25 years ago most people would be shocked that you were looking there and would have said i think you're crazy i, I know some people say that you know they, they think um they're shocked when i tell them hey, we're searching kind of like oh you know south of the 10 freeway and and all that yeah that's so, uh, a i still think um people think it's still like of a you know rougher area like jefferson park and and all that but uh, yeah, I think those old memories of USC during the riots and, and you know, um, they, those memories are really emblazed and especially in, in people that are in pe- a lot of people that way. So I think it, it's not surprising. No, that makes a lot of sense. Was there ever a, a, a rocky time where you might have thought that this wasn't going to work out for you when you're pursuing? Oh, man. Yeah, it's really interesting. We um, there were many rocky times because what we were really doing was we were buying houses or apartments. And this was a time when like getting financing was like really easy. There was no like, there wasn't all the checks and balances. Th- you have this today. is pre 2007 or eight, right? This is pre 2008. This is the like early 2000s. Yeah. So it was like, you just stated what your income was. They gave you a loan and you got to That's work. Crazy. And, and we were like, essentially what, what we were doing was a real bootstrapping method of recycling the capital. So we do a deal we'd quickly lease it up, we'd make some money, and then we'd show that the equity had gone up and we'd go refinance that and take that money and go buy another deal. Wow. And we were just doing this like really, really fast without like any, without, with very little outside capital, which is a very, it's, you know, in hindsight, it was probably a pretty dangerous game to play to some degree, <laughs> but um, it worked out and we ended up doing you know, probably in the span of five years, we ended up doing like 10, 12 projects, all kind of bootstrapped on our own. Wow. And we did really well. Um, and then we ended up doing our first kind of minor syndication. Um, and we actually built that, then we sold it. And then we, uh, then we had some, we had a little bit of capital work off. So that was a pre 2008. What was it like during 2008? And then, uh, after you fast forward a couple of years after that, Yes, yeah, so 2008 was probably my rockiest start in the sense that, you know, my my father, who was really, you know, had started in the in the real estate, you know, he went to the military, but he also was really, you know, a real estate guy and doing mostly stuff in the Bay Area, but really gave me a lot of like the knowledge I have today and um, not really specific to student housing, but more so just in, on general basis about business and how to operate and things like that. He died real suddenly right before like the GFC really started hitting. And so it was really kind of a, uh, two kind of hurricanes at once between the GFC and his passing. Yeah. And so 2008, and, and just, I guess, not to make this even worse, but I had actually gotten married about a month before he passed. And so it was like getting married, he passes, yeah. GFC hits, and it's like, yeah, it's kind of three hurricanes at once, maybe. Oh, geez, man, I, um, it, was, it was a lot to go through. And that, that was really probably the rockiest it, it, it got. Oh man, no, I, I it probably took a few years to kind of figure all that out. Oh wow, yeah, I never, even, I never even knew that man about you. Um, no, that's that's a crazy story to hear that. Um, but like, uh, dur- so during that time in like the market, I mean, everybody was kind of going, um, they're kind of going through 
what is the real estate market emotions? Yeah. Yeah. Like what is real estate market yeah. going to really look like? It's, um, you know, uh, you know, they're redoing all the rates. It's, it's really harder to get loans after all that. Um, what, what would you say set up the next, uh, I guess I would say decade or a dozen years. Yeah. Um, man, it was like, first of all, I think we were like in this constant state of like quasi crisis, you know, during 08, 09, like between his passing and the GFC and like every few months, something would crazy would happen. Like Lehman would fall or Barron's would fall or something would, was causing having the market. So that like, you know, when we weren't working on figuring out how to like wind down, you know, the family and figure all that part out, there'd be other like really seismic events happening in, in the in the news. And so um, it really took until about 11, 12 to really kind of reset ourselves. And at that point, we started really down the path of 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 getting back into like the acquisition uh, and development of real estate. I see. What what kind of advice would you have for somebody looking to uh, break into real estate, uh, whether if it's like kind of as an investor or development? Um, man, my advice has always been like that old Gretzky line of like, go to where the puck isn't, you know, go to where, where the puck, you, go to where you think the puck's going to be. Right. Like I'm always somebody that's always been like, let me go do stuff in areas where I think, where I see stuff happening, but it hasn't necessarily happened yet. Right, right. So we went to USC. We, we didn't go to like the best area. We went to like the worst area of USC. We're like, that overflow will eventually get here. And it, it happened really fast. Wow. We went to, um, like time after time, I can give you like, we could talk until five o'clock about all the examples. But we <laughs> constantly were going places where we saw the fundamentals were great. But for whatever reason, it hadn't happened yet. And then, so it's like, well, I mean, you, you guys are kind of doing like the, I'll say stripping the bones and, you know, kind of building it and like starting the little foundations because that's what happens in those neighborhoods, right? Like people start seeing these developments going on. Like, hey, did totally. you see what happened uh, to, to that house? Totally. Yeah. So it's like, so I, so I would say you guys are. Kind We've of, never been like the people very, very rarely um, are we the folks that like go to where it's already created. I see. We're generally going with where it's being created and become a part of the creation. That is a really good point. I think, uh, especially for people listening that kind of look into maybe they want to dabble in real estate, become an investor or something yeah. like that. It's like uh, in a flip, a, maybe a house or, you know, get into a complex. That is really smart because I think every, every city, every town has the, that, like those areas where, you know, they, they they're can, always being created. Right. And so I, I think that's a, I think that's a really good point uh, for, for that. Uh, so someone's looking to start out, like what, what would you do? Say if they don't have capital, where would the, where would you go? Like, um, do, do, do you think you approach an investor? What, what is that like? I mean, I think what, what, what makes capital, which attracts money to you is if you have things that money can't get on their own. So usually that's a couple of things. It's, it's usually two things. One is you have some access to deals. Right. You have access or knowledge or some sort of like real, um, conviction that you're doing something like i get you know usc everyone knew at usc not everyone wanted to live at usc right. not everyone was convinced that was a great idea so but we had like conviction that we're like people will live here we're 100 percent sure people are going to live here and so we had to get we our first part was convincing people that people that was true and there's 
all sorts of ways we did that. And then secondarily, what you have to convince them of is that you can actually do it, that they're not betting on the horse that they're betting on the jockey. Like that jockey, you know, if you go to these racetracks, oh, it's kind of the same little (laughs) jockey dude that's winning. Like, it's like, it's always like, you know, Jimmy Butler, LeBron James, there's always these guys that are just going to like rise above the rest. And I'm not saying we're that for what we do, but we have enough know-how and skills that we'll always make sure that we're like, we just are just so involved in our craft that we are going to always maintain that level of success. Oh, no. And that, that's something investors really admire and count on. No, yeah, I, I bet that gives a lot more faith and uh, can, you know, trust them with their money, you know, or trust people with their yeah. money more. Yeah, they, yeah. they know you're just going to be, a, it's beyond like, I think there's one line that always people say of being like a good steward to investment capital. Like you're, you're treating it like your own, you're, you know, you're careful with it, you're prudent, you're, you're making smart decisions. Those things are sort of like, I think that's kind of like, for the course where you really start to get people um, not only excited but really trusting is that they believe what you're doing with that capital is something that a they can't do themselves or they don't want to do themselves but b that or c that they really can trust that you're going to go above and beyond all the time right yeah they no i gotta admit i mean if if i'm an investor and i know someone that's doing that i'm like great. They're going to give me the best return on my investment. And, you know, and, uh, they're also going to be smart with their money or with how they do it. So, yeah. No. So, yeah. So time after time, like I give you like, you know, hundred examples of where, you know, those were the markers of how we got deals done, wow. how we raised equity, how we got capital. Do you think real estate is for everybody? Um, I think it could be in the sense that it's a very tangible asset. It can really, you can go to it. You can really be involved in the process. You don't have to be involved in the process. And there's all sorts of real estate investments. Um, I think the trick is like, it goes back to that first part. Like if you're trying to be, if you're just an investor, I think investing is for everybody. I think we'll get to a, a day very soon where you have your 401k and then you'll have your real estate 101k or whatever it is oh, wow. and some portion of your salary will go into a 401k and some portion of your salary will go into some sort of real estate stuff how how would how would that be like kind of like uh if it's like a company that you're working say like you're working for you think it's um something like that for us i mean yeah, i don't i don't know if we'll get that granular but i think like you know some of the very large some of the largest uh, real estate companies in the world have created this and it will continue to take smaller and smaller portions of money oh wow okay that's interesting and people will get so comfortable doing it that and you you're a limited partner so there's no um as being a limited partner you don't you just invest money and then you're sort of done right it's kind of like and then you know you get a return it's like a stock yeah yeah and you we're getting to that phase where you we're getting now like you can buy fractional shares of amazon or like you know very expensive stocks right and you're going to get to this point where you can buy very small fractional shares of like um, you know, the Beverly center, Got it. Got yeah, it. whatever, something iconic. You can buy small shares of that and you just hold it just like you would Amazon and Netflix or whatever. Oh, wow. Okay. How, how do you, you know, going through all these transactions and making all this stuff happen, what kind of uh, habits do you practice to maintain a healthy mindset while you're doing all this? Well, I, I mean, I, one thing I have some, I have a great trainer that, you know, I get to, I get to work out with at least once a week, but, uh, 
No, I, I think, you know, for me, I'm an active guy. I'm a restless guy. I got to get in like at least 45 to an hour of some really active kind of exercise, something to really get the blood going. That's really important for me. Seeing my kids, seeing my wife on a daily basis when I'm in town is super important. Seeing my uh, business partners, you know, at least fairly frequently is important for us to go through and figure out things. So a lot of this is like just human connection. Nice. You know, exercise, human connection are super important. Um, you know, I'm not like a big meditator. I, I, I listen to a ton of podcasts. So my heads are all, head is always filled with other ideas. <laughs> I think this is some of the more important stuff for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I'll give you, yeah. I mean, the other one I, I really like that I've gotten very used to is uh, on my watch is just tracking my activity and that's setting like a pretty, you know, outsized caloric burn. Yeah. Sometimes I compete with some uh, very other active friends, me, me, but uh, me, me yeah, <laughs> yes, we do. I compete with others too, but uh, it's a friendly deal. But it's it's it, it really not that I got it. I go to I go to twelve twenty every day, twelve hundred twenty calories nice. per day. But I think that's like you know that's a, that that takes a workout plus some very pretty being pretty active throughout the day. Yeah, absolutely. Sitting around and gonna get there. <laughs> well, I mean, even if you have a strong workout and like, man, you're like, oh, cool, I've yeah. already hit eight hundred calories. But it's like, you know, if it comes yeah. down to the end of the day, you're like. I got to get these extra calories. <laughs> yeah. I got to get a little walk in or something. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good little goal for me. It keeps me kind of in shape and stuff. So yeah, th those are, those are like pretty good big keys for me. I mean, eating clean. I try to limit what I eat. Okay, okay. Not that I don't enjoy, but I try to limit kind of like the bad stuff. Gotcha. Uh, that's always important to especially stay healthy and fit and everything else. Um, got it. Uh, thank you so much for your time uh, today, Rohan and all the information. It's great. Yeah, stuff. man. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to say that you haven't already said? No, this was great, Brian. I mean, uh, I've been, uh, I'm uh, glad you invited me. It's always good to jump on with the, see you in general, but good, good to see you in this format. And, uh, you know, if, if you're any of your listeners want any investing advice or have any real estate questions, please come shoot us an email at, uh, or come to our website, goodlifehp.com. We're rarely available. We do our own little podcast as well that we, not not to the frequency you do, but we just kind of talk what we're seeing out there in the real estate markets. So yeah, uh, we try to be pretty candid. So no, yeah, it's all all great stuff there, and uh, definitely some of the, you know, when you when you have the professionals as you guys are, uh, you know, ex relaying that knowledge, what reading what's going on in the market, I think that's very helpful, and uh, that's a big reason to go check out your guys' podcast and uh, you know your website and all the information that you guys have there. Thank you again, Rohan, for your time today. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. I'll see you soon.